Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Save the Track Bike, the podcast about all things track bikes. Today, I have a very special guest um, I got to go hang out with and interview, Scott Piercefield. He rides for State Bicycles. He does all kinds of fixed gear crits. He does the series Riding Fixed Up Mountains with Pros for State Bicycles. Um, if you haven't watched that, you got to go check it out. We talk a little bit about it in this podcast. We talk about his sponsor, State Bicycles, and just how much they support the fixed gear community. I love that they're out there just supporting races, supporting riders. Sounds like their upcoming team for 2018 is going to be pretty rad. We talk about riding fixed gear at Mount Evans. We talk about uh, the upcoming 2018 season of racing and what Scott's planning on doing. We talk bone machine crit. We talk uh, SoCal crit series. We talk fixation crit, intelligentsia crit, modern market crit, which happened in Denver last summer and we think is going to happen again next summer. It was a good talk. We had a good time. Yeah, I just hope you guys dig it. Uh, before we get into the interview, I want to give a shout out to my friend Lehman at O'Wheelie Bike Shop. Uh, we're building me up some new wheels. They're going to be really sick. I'm excited about them. I also want to give a shout out to Heavy Pedal. They don't sponsor this podcast, but I got some new kit from them and a new thermal jacket from them. And man, I'm just loving them. So yeah, just shout out to you guys. Love that stuff. Um, anyway, without further ado, we'll get into my interview with Scott Piercefield. Enjoy. Will you like set the beer down or something? Just see if that does too much. Oh no, it's fine. Hi. <laughs> What's her name? Lola. Lola Marie. She'll just sit and look at me for hours. <laughs> Check. <coughs> and I'm not sick, by the way. I get gnarly coughs after I ride hard. We're here with, is it Piercefield? Piercefield, yes. Piercefield. Or Piercefield, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> well, we're here with Scott Piercefield. Uh, he rides for State Bicycles. He's Phil Gaiman, Gaiman's best friend. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, where are you from? So I, I'm from Arizona, originally Phoenix, Arizona, but I've lived in Denver, Colorado since 2013. So how did you kind of get into this world of like fixed gear racing and all that kind of stuff? Well, I grew up skateboarding. I skateboarded for 18 years of my life. Okay. And basically, you know, skateboarding three hours a day for 18 years is pretty impactful on your body. And us to the point where the cartilage of my knees, my hips, it was trashed. So I needed to find kind of a different outlet for my energy. I'm a super energetic person. <laughs> and um, at the same time I was in college, I needed to find a way to get to and from class. And basically, um, I was skateboarding the class at the time. And I, I just knew I needed to stop skateboarding in every fashion because even when I'm commuting by skateboarding, I'm I'm still kind of ripping it. Yeah. Just can't do it chill. So a lot of my friends were getting into fixed gear riding at the time. So I kind of picked it up, built my first bike part by part, waited on a friend that <laughs> you know, had given me the hookup. So yeah. it was a huge long process, but it was worth it because it just built up kind of the hype for it. That's nice. Yeah. This is Lola, if you can hear her. <laughs> she's very hyper. She's, but the, she's the best. She's the resident dirt in our house. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's right. I kind of have a, I started off in like BMX and, and, uh, all that kind of stuff, but I kind of, I took like a backseat, like bicycles took a backseat from like age 17 until I was in my like early twenties. Cause I was in a bunch of bands and stuff. So, um, so I just focused on doing that way too hard and was not riding bikes at all. I've so, got, I've got a huge amount of respect for BMX riders. I mean, just yeah. Growing up at a skate park, yeah, the dudes that rode BMX were—they're were just super inspiring because that's 
that's such a ballsy sport. Like yeah. skateboarding, you just bail and your skateboard goes away. Yeah. When you slam on a BMX, it hurts. It's full commit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those people's shins, like they just don't have bones in their shins. Uh, like after a few years of BMXing. So I, I was mostly uh, into racing and. Oh, so doing like pump track and stuff. Yeah, and a little bit of pump track. So, nice. But I, I grew up like in Texas. BMX was, was huge, yeah, especially yeah. in the nineties. Like. Uh, and, but when I moved to Colorado, there wasn't much of a BMX racing scene. So I started doing like dirt jumping and stuff. And that's yeah. when it kind of trailed off in my later teens. And then I mostly just like skateboarded around when I was like touring with my band or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was like in a hardcore band for a long time. So nice. <laughs> that's kind of what I focused on. So you've done a lot of traveling and stuff. Yeah, I got, you know, we didn't do a lot of huge tours or anything, but, uh, but we, we got to go to the West Coast a lot. We had a lot of friends in California, so we kind of went over there a bunch. We never did an East Coast tour, um, but our guitar player was, like, from California, and all of his friends' bands were, like, getting signed at the time, so we were, like, going out there and playing with them. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of cool. Nice. I grew up, like, obviously skateboarding. Yeah. I, I skateboarded backyard pools and transitions, so nice. I was heavily exposed to Slayer and, and even a lot of hardcore bands. Yeah. But as soon as I... Uh, as soon as I went to college, I started rooming with uh, my best friend at the time, who he was just super into guitar and stuff. So mm -hmm. we became kind of like a death metal household. Nice. And throughout <laughs> the years, we had a lot of bands staying with us at our house, which was nice. kind of fun. But they would uh, they destroy our house every time, so it got kind yeah. of old after a while. <laughs> that happens. But I uh, I've got a lot of respect for people that can travel with bandmates yeah. and do that do that live because that's man, that's a uh, that's a uh, pretty hash. Yeah, say that. <laughs> it was intense. It was intense. Um, so you started off commuting on a fixed gear, and got into that. Like, how did you make that transition into doing like racing and stuff, and the crits and all that good stuff? So basically, everyone that knows me knows that like when I do something, I go full gas with it. Yeah. Uh, I grew up my whole life skateboarding. Like that was my number one thing. Mm -hmm. I got into photography in high school and did it throughout college. And actually, I made a good amount of money on it to support my biking. Uh, but needless to say, I, I kind of like get involved with something and I do it to the, to the maximum capacity. Yeah. And that's how fixed gears were for me. So the day I, the day I like finally built my fixed gear and rode it was the last day I ever rode my skateboard, which is the craziest know. thing to say. Yeah. But, um, I got connected in the community in Arizona called AZ fixed and Within two months, I had done, like, five alley cats. Nice. I already had my eye on a road bike to, like, just step up my training. And um, so I got my, my fixed gear in September, and by January, I was already doing my first USA Cycling road, like, road uh, nice. crit. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I never did an alley cat. <laughs> I still haven't. <laughs> they're, they're a good place to start. Yeah. If you start with, like, crits and then go to alley cats, it's very difficult because... Yeah. The risks are just I mean, like, crazy. All my friends did it. Like, I always rode... I've been riding fixed gear bikes since 2007 or something. So, you know, we were all having screening parties of Macaframa. Yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, we were doing all that stuff. And I like riding fast, like, with my friends and stuff. Like, we would go out and just bomb spear or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, something about the alley cats. I never got the motivation to do it. But as soon as I found out about crits, I was like, oh, I can like go race and not get hit by a car. Yeah. So, and I, for some reason I would had a total blind spot over the past few years and just was riding my bike and not paying attention to red hook or anything like that. And then like maybe a year ago, I, uh, yeah, I got re-obsessed with it. Nice. And then, like, I found all this stuff and was like, yeah. So now I'm kind of going full gas, even though I'm kind of old now, but whatever. <laughs> the fixed gear scene, I feel like it's kind of in waves. Yeah. So when I got into it, I started riding bikes in 2009, mm -hmm. and it was it was at, like, a crazy peak. Yeah. Like, you could actually get girls riding fixed gear. <laughs> it was a weird time. But, um... <laughs> It kind of, so it peaked, I feel, in like 2009, 2010, and it really chilled out for a while. I don't know if that was nationally or state by state, but yeah, it would come back in like this huge, huge spike, you know, maybe 2012 or something. So mm -hmm. it, it's kind of done that a few times, and during all those spikes is probably when it caught your interest. Yeah. You know, maybe a Red Hook crash or something no, totally. that, that went viral that just, 
exposed it. It was something like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly what it was that like. I think that I just, I think I just Googled or something like yeah. <laughs> fixed gear road race or something. I don't know. I was just curious if there was anything like that. And then I think that crash video from two years ago or whatever. Came up. <laughs> and then a bunch of state videos came up and I was like, oh man. So um, I'm, I'm influential in, in uh, yeah. your uprising <laughs> to track bikes. Yes. <laughs> you and there was like a video with like Josh Terrell and then. That's my homie. Yeah. And then uh, there was a bunch of, uh, I think the Patrick Seabase videos too, yeah. where I was like, oh, you can ride a fixed gear up a mountain? Why haven't <laughs> I ever done that? <laughs> and then now that's like what I'm obsessed with. I love like climbing on a fixed gear and it's fun. It's a whole different world. Yeah. You've that's done Mount Evans, right? I mean, I saw a couple videos. You've done it a oh, few yeah. times. I've done it twice. I would I would do it more, but I've I've only done it a total of four times like all together yeah. two times on a fixed gear two times on a road bike but being from the skateboard background mm -hmm. i compare like riding track bikes up hills to you know r skating a pool versus skating like a park with built-in transition like, yeah. it's, it's just like a raw feeling to really ride up a mountain yeah whether it be mount evans lookout mountain or deer creek canyon mm -hmm. on a track bike and it's it's uh I feel like riding a fixed gear is just a contest to show everyone else how crazy you are. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what I like about it so much. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, it really is gratifying. Yeah. Like, uh, to be able to ride one gear, the simplicity of it, and just, just go up a hill. Mm -hmm. And then have that same gear, or, you know, you can cheat and have it <laughs> yeah. a double-sided, you know, get a smaller cog on the other side for the way down. But regardless, it's still a huge challenge. Yeah. And, and it's... It's kind of the momentum you make mm -hmm. rather than changing through gears and and having kind of uh, something to help you along the way. Yeah, you know, dropping a dropping your front chainring to small and going into a big cog, mm -hmm. just spinning it out. No, you gotta stick to one gear. Yeah, I want to see more uh, races like that one in Mexico. The yeah, I can't. I think it's Safa's race. Yeah, that that race is during Christmas. Or it's during December normally. Yeah. So I've I've never been able to make it because it's it's not only like the off season but it's December to me is just a month to chill hard. Yeah. And the last thing I want to think about is I gotta do a race in Mexico. Right. It's break Liz up mountains for sure. Man, I want to see something like that here. Yeah. I think it'd be sick. Well, I've I've spoke with a few of the Red Hook dudes about uh, doing when like I say Red Hook dudes doing like a uh, a climb up Mount Evans or something just to see like. Maybe race of the dumbest. Yeah, <laughs> whoever makes the tops the dumbest or something. Sweet. <laughs> but um, I think that'd be rad. It would be rad. But I think it, we could get a bunch of people to come out here and do something like that. It just know. it'd just be so hard to like yeah put together because Mount that's Evans, the problem. It's so the travel. Yeah. So the travel from the airport Denver's Denver airport's like yeah. six hours away from Denver. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to add on another an hour and a half to get to the mountains, and of course all the dudes flying in yeah aren't running cars. So, I mean, when I go to races in other, you know, states, I'm riding, usually, I'll take, like, an Uber from the airport, but from there, my bike is my way of transportation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, what are your favorite races from last season? So, last season was kind of a game changer for me, and, and I think everyone else kind of in this scene, in the fact that USA Cycling really stepped up, nice. uh, and they started hosting races. And at first, I think that's kind of a bitter taste in everyone's mouth because the whole point of fixed gear racing is to be anti-sanctioned and all that. But mm -hmm. they did it right. At least the races I went to were, were the way that I would expect an uh, unsanctioned race to go. Yeah. Uh, they let us ride brake lists. They put crazy technical turns in. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I would have closed my eyes and raced it, yeah, I, I would have thought it was a you know unsanctioned race. So yeah. Really... You know, we did uh, the Victorville stage race in California. That was mm. pretty sweet. I, mean, I think it's cool if, like, if that kind of stuff, like sanctioned races and stuff, when they get big, that helps, like, everyone. It helps more kids, like, get on bikes. It helps, like, the companies that, you know, like, you guys ride for or whatever. Just kind of getting more eyes on, on that stuff and just helping the industry as a whole. So I kind of, I like when that stuff happens. But I get the apprehension, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but it, if you look at it from the way where if you're a fixed gear criterion racer, mm -hmm. if you're purely dedicated to just unsanctioned races and you don't want to travel internationally, 
you only have a handful of opportunities. Yeah. And when you open it up to kind of sanctioned races by USA Cycling, yeah, that almost doubles your opportunity, especially last year. Yeah. So, uh, myself personally, I did the Victorville stage race, which is a three-day stage race, early season in California. Uh, in the summer, I did the Intelligentsia series. I did the back half in Chicago, but there was some in Milwaukee before. So, yeah. I mean, that's three, four, five, six, so that's seven races you could, you know. Nice. You get numbers you could put on your back, USA Cycling, where basically you were allowed to ride fixed gears, brakeless, and, you know, those are seven less you would have done if you were full-blown unsanctioned. Yeah, and that helps, too, if you want to, like, have those points. And and also, if you're a track racer, you know, of you course. can kind of, like, because I noticed whenever the modern market crit happened here, there most of the people there were track racers. Yeah. And that was like their first crit they ever did or whatever. So, or fixed gear crit anyway. You know, unsanctioned as good as it is, because it's just pure raw. Yeah. With that comes, fun. comes yeah. like the risk, you know? Yeah, exactly. So these track racers, the serious racers might not necessarily go to them because they're like, well, someone could throw a beer bottle at me while I'm racing because there's, there's yeah. no one saying you can't. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it kind of scares off people. And honestly, I've seen it firsthand where a lot of my friends won't race unsanctioned crits because... There's just no telling what's going to happen. For sure. And it's nice to have medical attention if you need <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Well, the crazy thing is, even the unsanctioned races, when you rent out, like, a property... Yeah. It's, all, like, there's almost, like, a legal bind there where you have to have it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But the funny thing is, is that some of these dudes that are hosting the unsanctioned races are just straight old school. And they'll, <laughs> so they'll say, yeah... Uh, person I'm renting the property from, yeah, we have um, medical staff, don't worry about it. And then there's like nothing around. <laughs> it's kind of like a like Russian roulette. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking about, well, I'm, I think I am going to do the Milwaukee and Chicago races this summer, just since they're pretty close. So They were sweet. Yeah, um, and they seem rad. Yeah, so. they were they were awesome. And honestly, we were... We were pulling faster lap times than some of the elite crits there. Nice. So the level was definitely super high. and That's awesome. It was competitive, and uh, it was a blast. Yeah. My main goal with any race this summer is just to stay with the pack somewhere and finish the race there you <laughs> without go. crashing. That sounds like me when I race road crits in Colorado. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so did you do Red Hook last year? Um Last year I did. This year I didn't. Oh yeah, so that's yeah. what I mean. Because we're still in twenty seventeen. Yeah, right now. barely. <laughs> um, yeah, that. I mean, I, I love Red Hook. Yeah. I fully support the organizers, the race. I understand mm-hmm. the blood, sweat, and tears they put into totally. it. Totally. And I love that race, but for me personally, I think my years of doing Red Hook at Brooklyn are kind of behind me. Yeah. The risk versus reward just kind of isn't there for me. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cyclists in there that are just willing to push it full bore. You know, it's either I get that position or it's barriers. For sure. And, you know, with, with all the new cycling races coming out and you track, you know, crits and stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's way more justifiable for me to concentrate on those than to yeah. do an early season race like Red Hook and potentially risk my season. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that uh, Bone Machine is coming back this year, too, in Portland. Yeah. Which... I did. I didn't get to obviously go like the last time it was around, or, um, but it seems like a really cool race. That yeah. race is is Red Hook, like it literally is a Red Hook clone where it's it's just pure balls to the wall, crazy yeah. handling. I mean, we had I think three hairpins in the course. Jeez. And it was that was probably the funnest race of not this year but last year for nice. me because it was just it was brutal. Yeah. Like you went into like a business parking lot, you came out on the surface road and then you're back into the business parking lot. <laughs> and it looked like a course that was designed for like an RC, like remote control car, like circuit or something. Cause it was just, it wasn't even a full kilometer. Jeez. Uh, I think 75 people were in that race and we had like 15 finish. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, that tells you and like no crashes because when you make it that technical, yeah. You're reducing the speed, and, and with that, you know, scrubbing the speed comes uh, a lower risk of, of some of the gnarly crashes you see. Yeah. So. I'm hoping a modern market crit this summer, too. They said that they wanted to do the fixed gear again. Yes. Yeah. Because they really loved having them there. 
or you guys there. Um, but I'm just hoping they announce it earlier so we can get more people out for it. Of course. Because I think that'd be... Because I think that race is a really good opportunity um, to bring more people out to Colorado and just experience the riding out here, I think. Yeah, I think it was... You know, they a lot of these races or these organizers were hesitating with the fixed gear crit thing. Yeah. Um, and they they were just kind of putting it on the back burner until the last second because they didn't want to tell people they were having it to, you know, freak people out. I, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I saw a lot of that where it was kind of last second planning where you where the races actually were published and you you knew about them. So, yeah, the the more time they give us, mm -hmm. the more people that are going to travel out of state. Yeah. Um. Cause well the one of the funny things too is like that hairpin that was like yeah uh, that really intense turn. If you guys want to see it, I have a video on SaveTheTrackBike.com of this crit that we're talking about. And there's this one corner, and I just remember a bunch of the road riders on the Modern Market team. <laughs> they were just like standing there, and I was like filming or whatever. And uh, like the guys were just like, man, the way these guys cornered, this is how our team needs to corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and if you looked at uh, the races that happened before our fixed gear crit, so it was a USA cycling uh, cycling sanctioned race. Yeah. So there was a lot of road road bike crits throughout the throughout the day. We were one of the last uh, categories to race. There was crashes on that hairpin mm -hmm. uh, in every single race. The 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 ambulance was there. It was just making nonstop trips. Yeah. They wanted to eliminate that hairpin, and I told them that's the only thing that's making this this race what it is. Like, yeah. You need to have something that's difficult. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an oval. You you might as well just go to the Belladrome. Yeah. So I know that yeah. Valorama crit. With, that I did oh, yeah, that crit. That was that was just a super oval, yeah. which was fun in its own right. It was like, fun. Yeah. I was geared way too low though. <laughs> I was, was spinning, spinning out, yeah. and I got dropped, and I was just spinning, and the yeah. I, uh, that was my first crit though. You know, you gotta, you gotta make some mistakes. <laughs> I was just glad it didn't crash and I didn't come in last. Again, that was my only goal. <laughs> so you could have had way too big of a gear and just been miserable. I'd rather, I'd rather spin it out than, yeah. than grind to the point where you just bury yourself in a hole. <laughs> totally. No, so, I feel that. Yeah. But I think I could have gone like, I I did 48-16, so I definitely should have been on, like, a 14 on the back or something. Yeah, 48-14 is really the standard these days yeah. for, for the type of races. Um, but 16 isn't a terrible, you know... Totally. ...ratios, you know, race with, even start with. But, yeah, especially with those long straights. Yeah. It was... I, I remember... I think I ran 51-14 for my race. Yeah. Like, I just ran a big-ass gear because it was... It you're going to keep the momentum unless you're by yourself. Yeah. Those, uh, this crit that we're talking about was literally just like two giant straights and two corners. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was part of the, the new age, uh, Colorado pro cycling challenge. Yeah. Which is called the Colorado classic. So basically, uh, right after we raced the next day, the, uh, UCI field was doing the same kind of circuit, uh, and then touring throughout Denver is part of like the race, but. Needless to say, the just the lead out for the the final one uh, k is just almost an entirely straight line. Yeah, and that's I was able to win that crit because I was behind uh, a Cat One track racer, and he's actually a Cat One road racer too. But he went way too early, and I just stayed straight behind him. I stayed in his his draft, and I felt like I came out of his draft too early. But at that point, we had such a big gap. It was like, you know, whoever whoever played that huge, you know, straight away to their advantage was going to take it. Yeah. Well, That's right. TJ, what's his last name? Oh, Eisenhart? Yeah, TJ Eisenhart <laughs> won a stage of the Colorado Classic, right? He came in He came in second on the Breckenridge stage. Okay, that's what it was, because I remember people talking about it, and then... Yeah, yeah. And I know you just got to ride an interview with him a couple months ago, or a month ago, or something like that. Yeah. Um... For the riding fixed up mountains, that guy's my idol. Yeah, I've got so much respect for that guy. Like I, when we first uh, when when Maddie, the the team owner, kind of approached me at the idea, I had seen him on TV. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, that guy is like balls to the wall. Like, yes, yeah. he was he was off the front in most of those races, just with his own like you know just thought process. Like, yeah, he wasn't worried about anything else around him. He was just concentrating. So I'm like. 
he's rad in that regard. I just hope he really is the crazy hippie he looks like he is. Because, right. you know, this day and age, everyone has some kind of front. Totally. When they get in the public eye. Yeah. I was worried that was going to be the case, and it absolutely wasn't. Yeah. The dude is so inspirational. For real. I, like, I heard him on uh, Lance Armstrong's podcast. Yeah. That was the first time I heard him, because when they were doing the Colorado Classic, he came on or whatever. And I remember the Lance Armstrong's whole thing was that he was, like, doing an interview, and he was like, man, I was just balls deep. <laughs> and he's made that, like, a, a huge thing. But I remember at first hearing him and being like, what is this? What is this guy? <laughs> But, like, ever since then, I'm just like, man, there's something so genuine about him and so inspirational that I feel the same way. So when I saw that there was an episode coming out, I just got really stoked. You're going to love it. I'm excited. Especially if you... Because um, I love this series. Like, this is, like, yeah. the coolest thing State has ever done. Like, I love it. I'm stoked um, on it. It's We've been toying around with the idea for a really long time. Yeah. Initially, it was going to be us going after KOM segments, like Mount Lemon and stuff. Fixed. Yeah. And it was going to have pros involved, where basically we were going to put them on the track bike and see how fast we, they could do it. But when you look at kind of what's out there in the media already for just interviews and, and doing KY, like that stuff's already out there. Yeah. It's about getting personal with these people and realizing they're human beings. For sure. Some of them wear turquoise and, yeah. and say, bro, like <laughs> six different ways. Like that's the cool stuff I want to hear about. I don't yeah. want to hear like... What is your lactic threshold? What is your, like... Yeah. There's, there's, How are you feeling after that race? Yeah. And, yeah. How many bowls of oatmeal did you eat before your race? Or Totally. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about... That's why I wanted to do this podcast, too, because I feel like there's a lot of... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to get the Fix Gear Crit um, info out there and, like, put a spotlight on all the racers and stuff. Um, and I love that, like, that FixGearCrit.com is doing a lot of that... So, <laughs> I'll take her collar off. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's okay if Lola's collar's on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, yeah, that's what I love about that series too, is like that episode with Travis McCabe and, and like, they're like drinking whiskey. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> I will say, all right, so. I couldn't do that. I'd be like, oh, dude, Harbor. Be hard to party. Yeah. But you know what? I raised that kid. <laughs> yeah. I think that kid has a lot of attributes that I might have given him. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there was some uh, very uh, aggressive sponsor issues after that because, you know, drinking whiskey on the bike and, and talking about, you know, Shimano, SRAM, Campy, Mary Fuck Hill, that type of thing. Yeah. I, it caused a, a few issues for Travis, I oh, think. Oh, no. But we ended up not having to pull anything off, which was nice. But That's cool. Honestly, I mean, I noticed it looked like they had to, like, paint the bike or something as well, or... Well, that know. that was actually the bike I used for oh, okay. uh, Red Hook and a few... It, that was our prototype for the... Oh, okay. And, yeah. Cool. And we did that for TJ, too, so TJ got a painted bike. Yeah. Uh, and that's just out of respect for their bikes. Totally. Well, and it's we, cool that, like, Phil writes for Cannondale, and they actually have a track bike, so he got to ride that. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> his bike was creaking oh, no. so loud throughout that video. Jeez. And, um... A lot of people noticed it. Thankfully, people noticed that it was his bike, not mine. Yeah. Because a, uh, a bicycle company making a video shouldn't have creaking. For sure. So that was, uh, it was kind of funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, damn it, Phil, maintain your bikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he borrowed that from someone else. No, I figured that'd be the case. <laughs> but yeah, how did uh, this, this state team come about? Um, hey, get out of here. <laughs> so the state team came about uh, back in 2011. Basically, uh, my friend and I were full bore into racing road bikes at the time. Yeah. Uh, we both had fixed gear routes. That's how we both had started. We were still riding fixed gears, but it was purely to get from one bar to another. Yeah. So we still had the fixed gear uh, excitement in our blood. We just weren't doing it as often. Yeah. And state bicycle came about during that time. And I can't remember if they, I think they had been around for like a year. Okay. And we didn't know who they were. No one really knew who they were. I actually ride a state now, which I ride an undefeated. I love it. You know, what I wanted to do, my, my friend started riding with him. He signed like a, a racing contract and I was, I was intrigued by it. So I'm like, you know, I kind of want to get back into fixed gear racing. I see that it's, yeah, it's kind of coming back as at the time where it, it kind of slumped, but 
Um, I wanted to get to know the owners yeah. to see what they were about. For and sure. literally, like, 30 minutes into it, like, I was sold. Yeah. They weren't just dudes out of college selling mm-hmm. track bikes. I mean, they were. Yeah. But they had a purpose, and they were passionate about it. Totally. And I want to be with a company that's passionate about what they do. That's what I love about State Now and why I ride one. It's because, like, I think that it's rad how much they support it. Like, everybody is, like, maybe on other kind of bikes or bigger brands or whatever that, like... Uh, those companies don't support the races a lot and stuff like that. Like Specialized does, which is pretty cool. But they don't make uh, the the Track Pro anymore. But <laughs> but that's what I love about State is they're doing the video series. They're doing they're always giving bikes to like races and uh, the team. Yeah, um, you know it, it's kind of funny because the first so they I think they went to like an Alley Cat within a few months of being in business. Yeah, and they didn't sponsor that Alley Cat. Like how would they have known? Yeah. They they got torn apart for it, and I after that I, I mean I can't even I can't even like think of a Arizona based alley cat they don't sponsor yeah. every single race like they're just they're super super loyal and they give back so that's awesome that's that's kind of how it came came about I guess like I wanted that's to cool. make sure I was with the right company but um, you know we we did Wolfpack Hustle that first year we did Red Hook that first year yeah we either won them or top five them nice. And from there, it just kind of snowballed, and I, I guess we were just at the right place at the right time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, um, when I was looking at what track bike to get, I just was so attracted to just the support it seemed like they did for all of those races, whether they were, like, a huge race or if it was, like, something like Wolfpack Hustle or something like that that was, like, completely unsanctioned or whatever. So I think that's cool because I think that that's what – keeps uh this whole thing alive like during those lulls you were talking about is like companies and people that are like willing to keep doing it yeah man. <laughs> i mean i'm obviously i'm sold on state bicycle i'm one of their their uh riders but yeah what they did for the community in arizona yeah is what honestly revived the scene in arizona because it was to the point where we used to have like three group rides a week that would have like 30 plus people on them. That's how crazy the scene was. Yeah. And it just got down to nothing. Yeah. And they, they just stayed there throughout that rough time and made sure they had races. They were the only ones throwing races for a long time. Cool. Um, yeah, I heard the owner or one of the owners on a, on a podcast. And then shortly after I heard a podcast that Addison was on. And that's kind of what inspired me to do this because I was like, I want to hear more about like fixed gear racing and stuff because i listened to a lot of road bike podcasts and but there was nothing that was specifically for this yeah and then so after i heard those two interviews i was kind of like i should do a podcast absolutely <laughs> so yeah i so i have to say that that's really cool that they're doing all that stuff so yeah wanted to give them a shout out thank you <laughs> so they, they definitely deserve it uh they're always going above and beyond to make sure everyone's taken care of nice uh that's super important to me. Customer yeah. service is number one. Um, product innovation, just know that whatever bike you're riding, there's a chance that either myself or my team rode it before just to make sure it was it was safe, reliable. But uh, just the background of the people that own the company is decades of manufacturing experience, and even decades in the cycling industry before state. So nice. they know what they're doing, and they just they never, they never do it wrong. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's good to hear. Um, so what is this next upcoming season looking like for you? Like, what are you, what are the things you're excited about that you think you're going to be doing? And I, I'm most excited just to be with the state bicycle family. Every time we go out to races, it's like racing is super stressful, yeah. especially traveling, traveling for races. For sure. <laughs> so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Fixie family and even the people on the other teams. We're all a tight knit community. Yeah. Um, for me, so the Victorville stage race, which is in California, early part of the year, it's in April, which means I'm going to be doing a lot of fixed gear riding in Denver in the snow, which I actually kind of like. Cool. Um, so we got that. I like it too. So yeah. I feel you. <laughs> the Intelligentsia series, um, bone machine crit. Nice. There's going to be some local crits in Colorado there that are going to be worth going to. I'm going to try to make it out to a few, uh, SoCal fixed crits. Cool. Um, there's a few others I'm, I'm not thinking about off the top of my head, but yeah. 
I don't see myself doing any international racing next year, but yeah. that's always in the bag. You know, that's always an opportunity. Yeah. And hopefully Modern Market's coming out this year too. They will. Again, with the They'll have it. So that'll be red. Uh, as far as um, I've seen, as far as like the USA Cycling fixed gear credits, it's been nothing but a positive experience for them. Nice. So uh, There is this uh, dude who owns a bike shop in Lincoln, Nebraska that puts on a road crit every year. And he was saying that... Uh, he wants to add a fixed gear category this time, so um, we're going to keep in touch, and I'm going to try to get a bunch of people out there, because it's only like a six-hour drive from here. So I was like, I'll try to get all the Sunday Strong kids out there. <laughs> I love those dudes. Yeah, they're they're cool. They're rad. What are you listening to? Do you ride with headphones? Are you anti-headphones? When you do, what are you listening to? So when I'm on, <laughs> when I'm on trails, I'll go double earbud. Yeah. And like fully blast my music for sure only if i'm going balls to the wall yeah because i don't want someone being behind me that wants to pass me and yeah. i can't hear them i'm the same way um on the road i try to do one one ear earbud yeah it's okay right. that's just, lola again <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast just to make sure i can hear what's going on around me yeah even in colorado you could have rocks falling from cliffs like oh, this totally. is a crazy place yeah. this time of year so i always do the one ear i have yeah. like the <laughs> The over-the-ear ones, and I just hang one off of my helmet yeah. and have the other one in. <laughs> I used to cut. I used to cut like the left, like whatever side didn't have the remote stuff. Oh yeah. And I think I almost electrocuted myself after a Something happened where I, I felt like a stick, and then they stopped working. Right. <laughs> so I didn't do that. But overall, I listened to uh, to a lot of death metal, progressive metal. Uh, so yeah, anything with a crazy double bass, nice kind of mix in there. I'm into some of like the weirder bands that have their own subgenres like uh, snorecore or alien core <laughs> so the the uh the contortionist one of my favorite bands they're into like it's like spirit metal where basically they're about the mother earth so it's not really a religion it's about like i don't know clairvoyancy and all this crazy stuff yeah and then the faceless which is about like xeno christ which is uh alien religion if you just just weird unique stuff i kind of get into the <laughs> uniqueness of that it's like the fixed gear of music i guess that's awesome yeah it's funny i'm always uh i always go back and forth like a lot of times when i'm like going down a hill i want to listen to like hip-hop or something but a lot of times when i'm going up i generally am listening to like <laughs> explosions in the sky or like yeah. <laughs> or like brian eno like ambient stuff <laughs> just I trying to like soak in Colorado, you know, and I try to make myself look around a little bit. But if I'm putting my head down and going, it's like Minor Threat or <laughs> or Crow Mags or something like that. You know, a lot of the bands I listen to have like 10-minute songs. Yeah. And like eight minutes of it is just instrumental. So it kind of ties in with that. Oh, totally. Epicness of songs where you've just got like a roller coaster of rhythm. Yeah. And you just kind of let it take you to the top. That's kind of what I like about metal is that uh, it's not just about vocals. Like they, they have so much, you know, passion and uh, specifics towards you know just pure guitar and drums and yeah. bass and even keyboards. I love keyboards. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got to. My uh, hardcore band I was in, we had a piano player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Are there any like uh, what like videos or movies do you like to watch to get pumped? Cops. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm ready to get on the bike now. <laughs> no, I'm like one of those crazy, like I just watch weird things. Yeah. I don't know why, but, um, you know, I, like on my DVR for my, you know, at home, I've, I've got like all the classics recorded from the previous season, even the season before. So, you know, for some of my harder rides, like, like even yesterday I did a really hard ride, a hard effort, uh, I watched like a little bit of a, a classic, maybe like the last 3K. Oh, yeah. And that just kind of set me up for just stoke level, you know? Nice. So I, I get down on that type of stuff, but don't get me wrong, I love like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, Broad City, uh, South Park's pretty good. Uh, Nathan For You is probably my favorite show. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Are there any... Uh like bike specific videos and stuff that you want to shout out that you like watching yeah i mean macroframa mash us up you know yeah those are the bands or videos i grew up on yeah same here no 
I've rewatched Macaframa and I'm like, man, this is still so sick. Yeah, it is. That Kia section is like still my favorite thing ever. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even realize, but I had, I had, um, what was the bike he was riding in those? What brand was it? it was, I don't even uh, remember. I just remember it was back before there was fixed gear BMX bikes where it was like, yeah, yeah. He had like that small, like what, 650 probably yeah, on the front. Yeah, he was for everyone else. Um, oh, it's killing me what brand he was riding, but. I realized I was riding the same bike or the same brand he was. I I bought a bike at one point. This is when fixed gears were kind of at the low. Yeah. Low end of the popularity. I got on Craigslist and it was a national track champions like hand built bike from this company. Nice. It was uh, and actually it was a Vigorelli, but it wasn't a, a Chanelli. Oh, okay. Used the same the same uh, the brand model. These start with a J. Oh, I um, think I know what you're talking about because I think I can't. Javelin. Javelin. Okay. Javelin yeah, 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 yeah. It was sick as bike, and I'm, I kick myself every time I think that I got rid of it, but... So you posted a picture of you on a, like, in a two... In a, uh, an underground tunnel? Yeah, an underground tunnel or something yeah. like that the other day. Was that that bike that you were on? No, that was a, that okay. was a giant bike. I, okay. I went through like, I didn't this, look at it that closely. I just yeah. saw it on Instagram. <laughs> no, that was... Those were good times. That was, like, one of my favorite nights of, like, my life, but... That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was... I probably went through like five track bikes in like the first five months, just okay. trading with friends and I did that too. Upgrading to downgrade, downgrade. Like I, I had this uh, just knockoff steel bike. Oh, okay. And I traded it to this guy for his giant track bike. What? Yeah. And his his whole thing, like his screen name on uh, Easy Fix was Steel for Real. So I think he wanted to prove to everyone that he was about steel, so he was willing to sell his aluminum track bike to me for the same price. Interesting. <laughs> and That's it was like an Origin 8 bike or something. Yeah, I had something like that, too. Because <laughs> I built one of those up. I built up a IRO, um, but the pedal always clipped, so I got rid of that, and then I got like a Kilo TT... Uh, that's, dude, the, the Kilo TT, what happened? Like, the, you just don't see them around no. anymore. And that was that was the standard for track bikes yeah. in, like, that kind of era. And then All City came out, and I got that first-generation big block they did. Nice. And I had that bike for literally seven years or something. <laughs> Eight years. And that was kind of up until recently. And now I ride the newer All City big block, and then I ride that State Undefeated for, like, my training and uh, racing stuff. I don't have a picture of this thing. That that was my giant bike. Oh, nice. Just horrendous. <laughs> I was a huge advocate tri -spoke. For, for bullhorns. Yeah. And I used that tri-spoke for an actual USA Cycling TT. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I made it fully functional. Sweet. It was great. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe we should get together a fixed gear time trial in Cherry Creek this summer. Dude, I've, <laughs> I've done... So last year we had the, the Victorville stage race, which had a time trial on it. Um, but, uh, we, we did a time trial in, in Tempe once. It was a state bicycle race. Nice. Um, I won our own race, which is not always the best thing to do, but, you know, when there's not a lot of races happening, when state bicycles, you know, when throwing it, yeah, kind of step up and, yeah. and race it. But I love them Yeah. because it's just, you don't have any of the variables of, of drafting and stuff. It's just totally you versus the time. Yeah. That sounds fun. Got to do that. My boss has a big roadie, and he was uh, saying that we should try to go. They do a time trial, I guess, every Tuesday during the summer. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, they don't care what bike you ride. You go ride a fixed gear. I don't think they won't care. So I might go do that just for fun. <laughs> do you know when that starts? Because I. Uh, I'll check. I'll with, absolutely take a fixed gear out there. Yeah. I'll text you. And I'll ask my boss. Because <laughs> right. I think that'd be fun. <coughs> Get some of the Sunday Strong kids. Dude. <laughs> Just go like invade their like event. <laughs> All about that. That'd be we could we could literally have our own race within their race. Yeah, that'd be rad. I think that'd be fun. There's also a go kart track out by Bandemir Speedway. Really? That looks exactly like it was made for crits. <laughs> like it looks like a Red Hook course or something, and it's wide too, because it's not one of those indoor tracks that's really tiny. Yeah. Like it's like a wide outdoor track. So I'm gonna go over there hopefully and try to see if we can get something going over there but that'd be fun um let's see there was a couple there was a couple other things i just wanted to touch on to make sure we have enough for editing purposes how long are you trying to make these uh, i think i'm gonna stick around like <coughs> 45 minutes which is like what we're at right now nice 
because I posted a thing and I was like, do you guys want hour long episodes or half an hour? And I got over, I got almost half and half. Really? So I was like, 45 minutes it is. Well, the thing with that is, you know, you can watch as much as you want. You can skip ahead if, if you know, you, you, you don't really care about the introduction stuff. Totally. I am going to do that TT thing. I didn't even think about that. I'd do it too. I think I sounds fun. Most of the time when you, you know, even bring a fixed gear near a road race, they, they kind of shut me off. I told her we're going to Arizona next week and she's been so excited. <laughs> to go to Arizona? Does Davey ride fixed gears? Yeah. I think I know him. I know, I know a Davey that, that rides in Denver. He's a cool dude. Hey, Davey. <laughs> if you're the one. If you're the one I know. Is he tall with, like, long hair? And a, yeah. And a beard. This one I'm trying to ask in all of them, but... Yeah, like, what, what are your What are your dream rides? Like, not races, but just, like, places you want to take your track bike because people think you're crazy. <laughs> and I, I mean... I'd like to find, like, the biggest hill in the world and ride my bike up it. Okay. I don't know what that is. But, um... Hey, Lola, go away. <laughs> no more. She thinks I'm playing now. Kind of going back to the... I think we ride fixed gears just to show everyone else how crazy we are. No more. Sick. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just want to ride up crazy stuff. I Yeah. You know, have fun with it. It's kind of how I feel too. I was thinking, so Trail Ridge Road, which is in Rocky Mountain National Park, it opens to bikes like a month before it opens to cars. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And I was like, maybe I want to do that this winter with a break. <laughs> That'd be fun to do. Yeah, a lot of those get, you're just descending for so long. It's so oh, totally. nice to have breaks. I know people are, yeah. are kind of against that sometimes. Hello, come on, let's go outside, kick rocks. <laughs> Lola had to go. Yeah, she got a little crazy. She was getting wacky. Yeah, I mean, I'm a super lazy dude when it comes to that. Like, <laughs> I, I use brakes on a lot of those rides, and I get ridiculed for it. But, hey, ridicule or comfort, comfortness. Like, yeah. Well, I know I was talking to Carlos in the last episode, but it didn't actually make it into it because the wind got too intense when we were talking about Mount Evans. But he was, like, talking about descending Mount Evans. He's like, it's like 28 miles, and you're like... <laughs> And he's like, your arms are getting numb. and like. <laughs> so I did it this last summer with uh, Josh. Yeah. And I saw the Instagram stories. This. <laughs> Do you like those? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Because I, I didn't know. I only knew you through Instagram because of state or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, shit, there's like state people riding in Colorado. <laughs> like I should go. <laughs> I almost hit you guys up. Like, I'm coming. <laughs> Shut up, dude. All right. Next time. Yeah. Um, he wrote breakless. I... I rode with brakes, and I was just, I was making fun of him the whole time, because I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're going to hate yourself on the descent, because even on a road bike, that descent sucks, like, yeah. it's just brutal, Yeah. and he was, uh, he was such a damn trooper, uh, you know, being straight out of, like, a sea level area, Yeah. he just came and just did it with me, didn't complain once about, you know, he, he brought a spare tire in the event, he had to go through a brand new tire, so he's skidding down a... 14,000 foot peak to, uh, what, 6,000 or 7,000 yeah. feet. Yeah, he did pretty well with it. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, you'll see in the next episode of Riding Track Bikes with Pros, I actually am forced to ride brakeless. Well, I'm not forced. It's yeah. like an option I took. Nice. TJ's bike didn't get shipped with brakes. So oh, no. <laughs> I went to my roots. Uh, if you guys are into the rawness of, of brakeless riding, you'll see me come to my true old school form. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait to see that episode. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you a teaser after this. Okay. That we'll make. It'll just get you ready for it. I just saw the story when he's just like, "I love riding track bikes, bro." <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Oh, so good. Dude, um, dude's a legend. Yeah. So who are your some of your favorite people to ride with? Probably Chris Tully. Okay. <laughs> nice. He's my favorite uh, cyber goth. <laughs> that dude is just hilarious. Like he. Uh, He's from he's from Texas, so he types in caps lock and he he, he, he talks in caps lock. That makes sense. Yeah, he's actually writing for a, a elite road team next year, which is sick for him. Because nice. He's uh he's just proven his worth time and time again that he's he's just an animal. Sweet. So he's fun to ride with. He came out here last year and we did uh, Golden Gate Canyon and then just descended the crap out of it. Nice. 
I think we averaged like 45 miles an hour for like 15 <laughs> minutes or something, just balls to the wall downhill doing maximum sprint speeds. That's awesome. <laughs> but so he's, he's fine. Honestly, anyone that can hold a conversation not about bikes is yeah. going to be like awesome because we're, we're already riding bikes. We need to hear more about bikes. That's how I feel too. Yeah. About yeah. a lot of things. You know, it's just like, I don't know. After a while, like I love nerding out on bike stuff, yeah. but I want to get personal with people, you know, like for sure. Kind of figure out like, how'd your day go? Not like, what's your maximum heart rate? Right. <laughs> like yeah. There's, there's some things better left for, uh, maybe race day or I don't know, watching on TV or or seeing it in an interview or something. Yeah. And that, that's both from, kind of the, uh, pro side and amateur side. Especially these days with everyone posting their Strava stuff on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Like, if you want to know those questions, just go on and find it. Nice. And have a more personal conversation with someone that will make it fun to ride bikes with. For sure. Yeah. I feel you there. Um, speaking of that, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> uh, I'm a filmmaker, so I'm also a big movie nerd, so I always got to talk about it. So, <laughs> you don't have to have a favorite, but... I was... So, I... So, The Walking Dead kind of ruined zombie movies for me. Yeah. (laughs) It was great, but it was just, come on, like two seasons, three seasons. Yeah. I don't know what season they're on. So I was super into zombie movies uh, way back in the day. 28 Days Later was one of my favorite movies. So good. 28 Weeks Later was even pretty good. I used to always have Easter parties and watch zombie movies. Yes. No offense to anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's good <laughs> um so yeah probably the i mean just that franchise of movies i wish they would have made another one yeah uh, even i am legend was pretty good even though they freaking dog died in that that was such a oh i know such a brutal part my wife won't she'll look up if a dog dies in a movie and she won't <laughs> watch it if they do my wife won't watch that movie either because uh they should have put a cat in. <laughs> like, you have a cat die. They'll have a dog die. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone thinks I hate cats on social media, by the way, because of the Phil Guyman thing. I've gotten hate mail from it. That's funny. Well, uh, he doesn't hate cats, but maybe he does. No, it's like boys rule, girls I have, rule. I have two cats, so whatever. <laughs> but I love dogs, too. Yeah. But I live in an apartment in downtown Denver, so... That's respectful. <laughs> yeah. But when I buy a house, we're getting a dog. You should also, like, if you... Are you going to buy a house on the burbs like me? Probably. You should get another cat or retrofit your cat and being a street cat. Okay. Because I think street cats are pretty cool. Street like the ones that dumb. have seen seen a thing or two. Both of my cats are too dumb. They're, they're just... <laughs> they're gentrified cats. Yeah. They've got gentrified cats. I have one that's just... Uh, one of our cats is, like, my wife had before we started dating. And... He's very, he's very particular and he's fussy. And then the other one is that we got like a couple years ago. He's just a moron. He'll like, run into walls and stuff. <laughs> My dog runs into walls all day long. Our cat, we had this like metal screen in the apartment and our cat got stuck on it. <laughs> like claws were stuck in the screen and he was like freaking out. I had to go pick him up. That's great. So, yeah, that cat's dumb. Animals are awesome. So, yeah, we'll have to adopt a smart cat that can live outside and <laughs> catch some mice for us. Yeah, street cats. That's what it's about. Oh, that's hilarious. Man, I had this, like, experience where I was riding over uh, Cherry Creek the other day, and I was, like, riding around it, and this deer just, like, started hopping next to me. Oh. It was so sweet. I was like, that's... That's so Colorado. That's terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was on the other side of the fence, which is good. Yeah, I clipped a deer going 55. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I hit, it, like, literally his tail. Like he, Jeez. I just barely missed him. Oh, man, that's scary. So anytime I see deer... It's well, usually... I was going slow, so yeah. <laughs> it was majestic and not scary. The rule of thumb when you see deer, yeah. especially in Colorado, if you see one, predict many more after yeah. that. So if you're going down a descent, you're just starting, oh, look, a deer you're not going to take that descent fast if you want to live because yeah. one's probably going to jump out in front of you for sure certain death <laughs> oh man so do you have a dream bike is it a state undefeated too i love my bike i mean i uh 
I plan to keep this bike for the rest of my life actually. Nice. We're getting like a new paint color next or yeah, next year, but I heard a uh, I saw on their Instagram story that, that was happening and it sounds exciting. <laughs> well yeah, they they're going back to the old school undefeated for some uh, kind of custom paint jobs too. Cool. Which they've always they did that in the past with, you know, that copper one. Nice. Um But yeah, I mean for me it's it's more about um just having what I need on a bike and riding it. Yeah. Versus kind of what it is itself. I, I don't know. I think I preface it like um, I have a lot of friends who are like hardcore, like, I only write steel. And yeah. then I have other friends that are like, I only write carbon fiber roadies. And like, I am just kind of the person that's like, I just want something that functions and then I can ride. And, you know, if it looks pretty, that's great too. But I don't like get obsessed with buying like, I don't know, thousand dollar hubs or something. Or <laughs> Yeah. For me, it was growing up skateboarding. I was yeah. strictly NHS, anything, you know, Santa Cruz creature, that type of thing. Oh, Totally. And, like, I was so passionate about it that I was ignorant towards everything else that was out there. Yeah. So I never gave, like, even I rode vans, literally. I, I would blow through a pair of vans every two weeks just because that's the kind of abuse that they can take. Like, they can't take that much. Yeah. The last year I finally realized, like, I can step out of those comfort boundaries of what I'm obsessed over and try something new. And I got yeah. into Nike shoes of all things, right? Yeah. Like, total opposite. And I'm like, oh my god, this is 10 they times last. Yeah, they last. Nike put some, <laughs> They're some technology yeah. into it. So, I mean, like, brand stuff aside, it's just, yeah. sometimes it's about stepping outside your, your bubble. For and, sure. And seeing what else is out there. I'm a, I'm no purist on anything, so. It, so, like, when you post videos descending with breaks, I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> be who you gotta be. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's nice to not only do everything in moderation, but kind of have opinions of multiple things, you know? Yeah, for sure. So me coming from the the background of just trading bikes every, you know, month, basically, yeah. I got that perspective and I know what I like for road bikes. I might have a different bike brand someday, you know, yeah. going towards something different. But to me, it's just about having what I want for road bikes. It's like through axles, disc brakes. I love that. Yeah. Doing something like that. For sure. I got that on my cross bike now, but working towards it on my road bike. Nice. So going towards more of the parts than the brands and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. feel you. I don't have any... Yeah, I just like... If it is a brand, I just like if they're supporting, like, doing cool stuff. Oh, man. It's all about the brands that support. Yeah. Like, uh, there's so many companies these days that are just trying to make a dollar, and they don't really care about the industry. For sure. And those are the ones that... Unfortunately, get more press than not just because they've got more money to put in social media advertising and stuff. Yeah. But it's important to know your grassroots and, and to know the companies that really care about the industry. And that's those are the companies I want to support and the companies I want to make sure kind of outshine the, uh, the box by companies, if you will. For sure. So uh, any last words? <laughs> anything you want to want us any shout outs, anything you want to say? I mean, shout out to everyone that rides a fixed gear. I think that uh, you guys are are doing something that's super unique. You could always pick up a road bike for the pretty much the same price of any of these, you know, super nice track bikes these days. So I applaud you for for taking the risk and kind of investing in something that's that's way more difficult than a road bike. So you know, aside from that just have fun with it and and be who you are on and off the bike you know don't don't act a front you know just be who you are <laughs> have passion have For a passion sure. you know yeah i was talking about that with carlos just like uh in the last episode just kind of if you want to ride a track bike up a mountain then fucking do it yeah don't like sometimes uh I feel like we can get pressured into thinking that we have to do certain things and just like be yourself. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to ride a track bike, don't. But if you do, do it. <laughs> the same applies to training too. Cause yeah. I know there's, there's a lot of pressure on, on uh, fixed gear athletes these days to really train every day, train hard every day. Yeah. So you can be the fastest you can be the following year, the next race. And honestly, you, you should want to do that. You should want to ride your bike every day. If you don't want to ride your bike every day, you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't want to ride my bike every day. I want to, I want to rebuild my passion over time. So, you know, taking a day off every week, taking two do two days off every week. Don't be afraid to do that. 
Yeah. Uh, again, everything in moderation. Just make sure you you're enjoying what you're doing, whether it be track bikes or skateboarding, and um, live your life the way you want it, and you'll have a lifetime passion with whatever it is you're doing. For sure. I think those are some nice words. <laughs> and obviously, I'm hanging out with TJ Eisenhart too much because yeah, yeah, yeah bro. dude's making me just bro. straight spiritual. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta live life. Look around when you're riding, man. Look at oh, those. Man. Look at those mountains. If you're not near mountains, then look around at those plains. <laughs> yeah. If you're not near plains, look at those holes. Those yeah. holes are beautiful. <laughs> look at those potholes, bro. If you're in the city, look at that human poop on the ground. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's like my life every day. Man, I was riding to work the other day, and there were like five mice on the trail. Like, not by each other. Like, there was one, and then like a hundred feet later, there was another. I was like, what is happening? It was like massive mouse death on downtown Denver yesterday. I haven't been downtown in a while, but have the rats progressed to like human size yet, or are they still kind of like... They're not New York size, size yet. <laughs> They're not New York size yet. Yeah. You keep uh, you keep flooding all the, you know, fast food, you know, scraps and stuff. Sooner or later they're going to evolve and rat people are going to take over the world. You know what shocks <laughs> me is that people fly fish like in yeah. in downtown Denver and they're like standing in this like Oh, it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. And they have like all this equipment. I'm like, you can afford to at least come down to Littleton or something <laughs> where it gets a little nicer. Well, I mean, they're not being selfish because they're fishing, but they're also the, the first responders for the bodies that are floating <laughs> down the river from, from, from crime scenes up river. So That's true. Um, they're not, you know, they're in it for maybe two different reasons. Oh, that's funny. Cool. Any sh- do you want to shout out your sponsors? Of course. I mean, State Bicycle, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity you've given me over the past few years. Honestly, don't think I'd be riding a bike if it wasn't for you guys anymore because uh, I was I was on the verge of burnout on the roadie side by the time I refound fixed gears and started racing. So absolutely them. Um, and honestly, anyone else that, that just supports the scene. Yeah. Um, I've got some friends over at a coffee place, Hotbox Roasters, that mm-hmm. are all about just... Oscar Blues uh, yeah. Prairie. They're just all about making races. That's like awesome. supporting the scene. That's what it's about. Sweet. So yeah. That's cool. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah. Red. Old Man Winter. It's one of the most brutal races you'll ever do on a bike. Dang. Out in Boulder. It involves a two mile like hike a bike section. That's intense. Be prepared to lose any <laughs> kind of passion you have for bikes. <laughs> you gotta get off and run. <laughs> It's miserable, and then once you finish, it's like the best experience ever. I live right by uh, their new... I used to actually own a grocery store a block away from where they opened their... Uh, their roaster the thing. Yeah. The coffee bagels donuts? Is that what it is? Is that... Is that... CBD, yeah. Okay, yeah. Over on Laramie. Oh, coffee burgers donuts. Yeah. It's a uh, chew burger on the other side. Yes, 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 yes. So I used to own a grocery store like a block from there before there was like anything else on that street besides crema. <laughs> Dude, there, it just kind of goes back to the passion. Like, whatever it is you choose to have as a passion, and you stick with it, and you just, you do it for the reasons you want to do it, that's a pure example of what they're doing over there. Yeah. You know, Oscar Blues, like, the people that started brewing the beer. They make good stuff. They just, they love it. They have a a cyclocross race on, like, their farm. That's awesome. They they just do all sorts of stuff, so. Let's do a track low cross race there. Yes. (laughs) Mud Max. You people are crazy with your cyclocross tires. <laughs> I can fit cyclocross tires on my all city. So which means it. you need to. Yeah, which means <laughs> I need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. I think that'll do it for us. Thanks, Scott, for being on the show. Stay tuned for uh, the next few seasons of or episodes of Riding Track Bikes with Pros. Yeah, you got to watch that shit. If you haven't seen it, just go YouTube it right now. It's amazing. So we had Phil Guyman. Uh, following that, we or we had Travis McCabe first and Phil Guyman. Yeah. We did. Uh, and then message all of Travis McCabe's sponsors and be like, <laughs> man, I hated Travis McCabe as a writer until this. No, don't do that. Yeah. But say thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. Leave him alone. <laughs> Hashtag leave Travis alone. Yeah. He was just having some fun. Let him yeah. be a human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, all right. Thanks for listening to my interview with Scott Piercefield. I genuinely had a great time. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. So definitely check out uh, that series that he does. This podcast is produced by David Draper. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Save the Track Bike, SaveTheTrackBike.com. I have a new website coming out soon, so keep an eye out for that. Look for us on iTunes, Save the Track Bike. SoundCloud, also Save the Track Bike. I'm working on like Spotify and stuff, so keep an eye out for that. Give us a rating and a review. It helps more people find out about us. Share this with your friends who like fixed gear bikes, track bikes, whatever. Or even just roadies that want to hear folks talking about track bikes. I appreciate you guys supporting this. I'm having a good time. So, uh, yeah, I have some more interviews in the pipeline, so keep an eye out. Subscribe. Go ride your track bikes in inappropriate places. Yeah.